Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Bad on Paper Podcast. I'm Grace Atwood. And I'm Becca Freeman. And this is our our first time recording in the new year. Yeah, so this time it truly is a new year, a new us. Last time it was an old year and an old us. Yeah, we did it in advance. I think I'm new year, same me. I'm really excited about this episode. I am really excited to talk about 2020 goals and recap 2019. I've been loving, I'm such a voyeur. I love everyone's Instagram content about their resolutions and their goals. Oh, yeah, me too. So I'm excited to jump into this bandwagon. Me too. So today we're going to be talking about 2019, our what we achieved, what could have been better, our 2020 goals. Anything else? I mean, that's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot to cover. It's going to be a five-hour episode. No, it's not. Stop (laughs) saying that. I'm just kidding. So should we do highs and lows first? Obviously. Same us. New year, same us. Mm -hmm. What was your high? My high was holiday travel. I had such a fun couple weeks. I spent a lot of time with my parents in Charleston. I was with you in San Diego for our friend Cassandra's wedding. Mm-hmm. Listen to our episode with her. She's amazing. Um, it was just so much fun. And then I got back to Charleston and had the best New Year's Eve ever. My really good friend there had a super fun party. We It was just like so many of my favorite people all in one place. It was amazing. I stayed up till 530 in the morning. I don't know who I am. You're aging backwards. You're Benjamin <laughs> Buttoning. I clearly am. But it was just like the best New Year's, especially when we were talking last year, our New Year's was like really boring. So it was fun to have like a kind of wild and crazy one. I'm so glad. Yeah. How about you? You seem very refreshed. I'm feeling refreshed. Good. I'm drinking my green juice, not because of being healthy. I just love green juice. But yeah. Good. Um, Mine was also my holiday travel. I was in LA for Christmas, and then I was in San Diego, and then I went to Boston to hang out with some of my college friends for New Year's. And it was just, it was great to see so many people over a week and a half. And I had so much fun. And yeah, I just feel like very warm and fuzzy. And like, it was great to get so much quality time. And it was nice. I got some time off of work. I was technically working, but um, all of my clients, their offices were closed. So Nobody needed anything outside of like some reporting stuff. So it was just, it was nice. Yeah. It's good to take a break. I didn't take a real, a real break, but I, you know, I still published weekend reading and a few different things and I had one sponsored campaign, but it was slow, which was so nice. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. I felt like I was off the clock. Yeah. So yeah, it was nice all around. But my low is that I, I'm like over holidayed. I, what I, does that mean? I ate too much. I drank too much. Oh. I flew too much. I slept on too many couches. I mm-hmm. just, I everything. I'm so glad to have my, be back in my bed. Oh, me too. Oh my gosh. I was gone for, my Milo is the same as yours. I was gone for two weeks and it was a lot to not be in my bed and with my stuff. And now I'm like tra- playing um, FedEx tracker lady because all of these things that oh. came to the apartment while I was gone are now returned to sender. Oh, so that's fun. Yeah, I feel like I was overstimulated, and now I'm grateful that I have the space in January to be like, okay, yeah, January is going to be. Let's calm. be chiller. Yes, I I'm feeling the same way. I'm going to make soup tonight. What kind of soup? The um, Oshi Glows t- Cream of Tomato Soup. It's a mm. vegan cream of tomato. You use um, cashew milk and vegetable broth as the base. It's wonderful. Ooh, I just went to the grocery store before I came over here too, so I'm ready. I'm going to make 
Brussels sprouts and chicken thighs, and I'm I'm ready. Oh, that sounds really good. Yeah, I'm ready to be cozy. Yeah. January's theme is cozy. I like that. Yeah. So before we get into our resolutions and, and all that jazz, two quick things. One is a desperation minute. We're still desperate in 2020. And the most meaningful thing you can do for us is leave us a review. Please leave us a review. I logged in this morning to um, Apple Podcast, and we had 14 new reviews that were all so nice. It makes me so happy. I know. I saw the same. I, it made me so happy. And so- I, I know we've gotten some new listeners lately. So if you've been enjoying this podcast, please leave us a review. It's the most meaningful thing you can do. And if you've already done that, make sure you're in our Facebook group. Just search Bad on Paper Podcast and follow our Bad on Paper Instagram at Bad on Paper Podcast. Yeah. And if you've done that, pat yourself on the back. Yeah. What, what a good follower you are. Yeah. You're a good supporter. Be a, be a supporter. Be that person. Yeah. So one other thing, let's take a quick break to talk about a sponsor. So today's episode is brought to you by Book of the Month. Maybe you've made a resolution to read more in 2020, or you just need some help finding new books that you'll love. And if either of those are you, you've got to try Book of the Month. I like I think that one of my highs of 2020 is that Book of the Month is one of our sponsors because I've been using this service for years and years and I just love it so much. So what Book of the Month is, it's a, it's a monthly book subscription service. Every month it features five new and early release books and you can pick the book you want and they send it directly to you. Um, but sometimes I, I won't be able to decide and I'll add I'll add like one or two more to my box and I'll get like three or four books. One thing I think is so cool about Book of the Month is that a lot of the times they give you access to books before they're even released to the public. Oh my gosh, I know. So I just chose my January book today and I got Things in Jars by Jess Kidd. Um, It's not coming out till April. Wow. Yeah, April. Like it's not even just like a month early. It's three or four months early. So I just thought it sounded so good. You, you guys, this listen to this description. The description was strong Victorian woman dealing with wildly unladylike things like death and maybe a kidnapped mermaid or two. Like, did I write this book? It sounds wildly up my alley. <laughs> so another thing I love is that they're so thoughtful about curating the best books of the month. I discover so many new-to-me titles through Book of the Month. They have a really big emphasis on new authors and on diverse authors, which I love. Totally. So I, f- I really feel like if Book of the Month picks a book, I know that it's going to be good. I've never been steered the wrong way from them. Uh, I'll pick up something that's outside my usual comfort zone if Book of the Month has selected it because I know that they're going to be so rigorous and they pick only the best books. Um, and they have such, they just have such a good track record. Like they find hidden gems too. Yeah. So if the subscription part sounds scary, don't worry. It's not. You can skip a month as many times as you want. It's totally commitment free. And you can also choose any book that they offer from previous months if nothing from the current month appeals to you, but you still want a new book. Yeah, so if you're looking to up your reading game in 2020, you should absolutely try Book of the Month, and we have an offer for you. So you can get your first book for just $5, go to bookofthemonth.com and enter code BOP. Again, that's $5 for your first book at bookofthemonth.com with code BOP. Do it. Yeah, what a good deal. All right, let's get into this episode. So I thought a place to start would be, I'm wondering if you have a formal process for setting goals or reviewing your previous year. So my process isn't super formal. Um, 
it is easy to document because I do a blog post about my New Year's intentions every year. And I have, if you search New Year's intentions on my blog, I kind of outline what I do. But the biggest thing I would say is that I kind of look at my life in buckets. So I'll look at work, personal life, finances, um, physical activity, I guess we could call it, things like that. And then think about for each one of those things, think about short-term intentions and long-term intentions and and what I want to do. So if I have a longer-term goal, I'll break it out and be like, these are the four things I need to do in like Q1 to get to this, Q2 to get to this, and so on and so forth. Okay. It's not super formal, but it works for me. Okay. Yeah. I just picked up a new process that I tested. So I've never had a formal process. I'll write something down in my notes app on my phone. I'm sure if I scrolled back, I could maybe find something for 2019. Honestly, it's a little daunting to be sharing this stuff publicly. I know. I've been doing it for so long that I'm like, well, because and it's really bad because I looked back at 2019 and didn't hit a lot of my goals. Ooh. I hit all the work ones. All the personal ones were a hard no. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, that scares me. Yeah. Um, But I picked up this new process because I saw something on Instagram And it kind of stuck with me where I saw it a few days ago, and then I decided to do it last night. So um, Robin Burzen, who's the founder of Parsley Health, and her Instagram is at Robin Burzen MD. I saw this on hers. And okay, so she uses this process. And basically, the way it works is that you take 10 aspects of your life that you deem are critical to your human experience. And my 10 things don't have to be the same as your 10 things. And then in each bucket, you rate them on a scale of one to five. And then you just take an average to get a, a score okay. for the year. So I did it last night. It took me probably 20 minutes. I'd, I'd maybe been mulling on it a little before. So I didn't necessarily start to add from scratch. But I, So I used my 10 things. I did work, podcast, friendship, travel, physical health, mental health, learning, romance, fun, and impact. Okay. And I stole some of those from her. So I'm sure it's like an evolving thing. Yeah. And then I subbed out like she's a mother. So like one of mine was not motherhood. Mm -hmm. And um, I I gave myself a score on all of them. And so I I ended up with 3.65 on the year, which I think – that's hard because I think you did so well with some things and then you just like didn't date. So that's going to weigh you down. But that's the point. Yeah. Is that you don't – is that, you know, you don't do well in every category. And I think I was probably pretty critical in some of the categories. But w- w- the most interesting part about this exercise was that then I looked at everything that I did poorly on and my immediate reaction was like, oh, how do I fix these things? But I mean – if you just asked me without this exercise, if I expected to be a five out of five in every important area of my life, I would say that's totally unrealistic. And of course not. But then when I saw it on paper, my immediate instinct was like, I was trying to pick which ones I wanted to highlight as what I wanted to focus on in 2020. And I was like, well, what you're saying to yourself is that it's unrealistic to have a perfect score in all of these. But then what you're trying to do is have a perfect score in all of these. Yeah. So I think it was just an interesting exercise for me to realize that Maybe I'm holding myself to unrealistic expectations in some cases, or even though I know that something isn't realistic, I still want it. Yeah. So I thought it was just a, I, don't, I thought it was really helpful. That's interesting. I'm going to take a look at that. I want to stick to it. I think I made myself a little 
sheet and I wrote down a score and then I wrote down notes about why I feel that way because I don't know that I'll necessarily remember. And then I think it would be really good to do once every six months because I can't even remember half of what happened in the beginning of 2019. Oh, yeah, same. So I think if I did it every six months, it would be fresher. But I really liked the process. Like it didn't felt it didn't feel too cumbersome. I don't know. I liked it. I I might try to stick with it because I would like something a little more formal. I like that. Yeah. I think and I think the goal is probably to be like somewhere between 3.5 and 4 at all times. And like it's not to be a perfect 5. It's not an Uber score. Which I'm also mad about. I'm mad about mine. But it's because of the cat. I blame him. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I liked that process. So go look at Robin's Instagram. I, I have nothing to do with this. I just took it from her. Cool. I'm going to check that out. Yeah. So what about 2019? What do you think your biggest accomplishments were? So this was fun to reflect on. So, okay. I think the first one that came to mind was that it was my first full year of freelancing and working for myself. And I made more money than I'd made in-house plus the cost of insurance, which was my goal. Yeah. So I was so proud of that. That's amazing. Like it was in my head, it was a building year. Mm-hmm. And I came out of the gate really strong. I was really, really proud of that. So I felt amazing about where I landed work-wise. That's incredible. Um, Thank you. The podcast like grew beyond my wildest dreams. Yeah. Because it, coming into 2019, we weren't taking it that seriously. Like we took a six-week break in November and December of 2018. We, I mean, we were taking it seriously, but it wasn't. We did, we took it seriously, but I just think we're, I don't know. It, it, I, I, when people are, are like, you've been doing the podcast for almost two years. I'm like, well, like the first six months were kind of just, we weren't really sure what we were doing. I feel like we've, we've really found our formula this year. Yeah. And it still felt like more of a hobby and less of a facet of my job. Yes. So I I mean the podcast grew beyond my wildest dreams. The I mean if I had to like call out specific things, I mean our downloads grew an incredible amount. Touring was something I never expected to happen. We had on incredible guests that I'm still my mind is still blown that C- came C- on the podcast. Cindy was here. Cindy Graham like incredible. Yeah. So I was really proud of that. Um, I feel like one of my big things was that I made so many new friends last year. Like I think that I made more new friends in 2019 than I made in the previous seven years that I was living in New York. That's amazing. Which made me feel – it feels great. Yeah. Um, So I was so excited to make so many new friends or take people who I already knew loosely and make them into better friends. So I felt like that was really great. I moved to Brooklyn. You did. I We're neighbors now. We're neighbors now. I decorated my big girl apartment, which took a lot of time and money, but I'm so happy with it. And it looks so good. It looks so good. Um, and then a silly one is that I embraced wearing sneakers for non-athleisure. I love that. I had been trying to find a pair of sneakers that I could wear with jeans for years, and I, I finally did it. I feel the same about my Vince sneakers with skirts. I, I, oh, I'm not there yet. Thing oh no, me. no, no. But those are like a little more dressy because they have a platform and like yeah, they're slip-ons. Yeah, I did wear, I did wear a dress with sneakers a couple times this summer, like a sundress. But I remember that it was cute. Yeah, I, that's a big deal for me—a stupid thing, but a big deal. Yeah. Um, and I traveled to two new places. We went to both with you. 
I went to Olbash in Mexico in April, and then we went to Harbor Island, which were both new to me. Yeah, and you went to Portugal too. No, that was the year before. Oh, okay. Everything's blurring together. A little. No, that was in 2018. You're right. I went to London last summer, but I've already been to London, so it's not. So it's not new. Still, it was still great. It was still really fun. I went to Mexico City. Yeah, but I those were not new places. Yeah. So I felt really good. I feel like I don't take enough time to reflect on the positive. Like I feel like if I hadn't have if we didn't do this episode, my natural inclination would be let me start thinking about all the things that I did poorly in 2019 so that I can fix them in 2020. Same here. Absolutely. So, so it was nice to like have a bucket to be like, okay, what what went well? Yeah. And I agree. Like sneakers is a stupid thing, but you know, but the hey, other things are big things. You did it. Yeah. I mean, to be able to say that you your first year of freelancing, you made more money than usually there's like a curve where you like you're doing really well in your career and then you go to freelancing and you're going to take a little bit of a pay cut to, you know, make to have a better quality of life. Right. And you didn't do that. Yeah. So I did better. I felt very, very good about that. Yeah. What were yours? Okay, so this was – I'd say it's also a building year for me. I felt like something I'm really, really proud of was I felt like I kind of overhauled my internet presence a little bit. Like I scaled back from doing so m- many manufactured like fashion shoots and like all the things that I thought that I should be doing that bloggers do. Um, I I just felt like I got really honest. I um, started – I wrote my first like negative product review and I, I'm not – here to talk shit. But I think I really was able to build my community and um, grow a lot of trust just from just being really honest. I turned down so many brand opportunities. I um, started just sharing more in the moment off the cuff stuff and it worked. Um, I I just feel really proud of that. That's great. Yeah. Um, And I I do feel like I was so nervous to say no to so many different brands. Like I remember, remember the Walmart deal? Mm Mm-hmm. It was so. If you are new here, I was offered like so much money from Walmart to do a, like a, a long term partnership with them, and I was like, "This just feels bad to me. I can't. I can't possibly do that. There's not even a Walmart in the city." And so I said no. And then, literally a week later, I got chosen for the Sephora squad, and I felt like, in a way, like I by saying no to those things that are just not what I want, I made room for things that were right. Yeah, and that was really exciting. Um, today I pulled all of my numbers. My blog received 4.4 million page views this year, um, which is up 80% versus last year. That's insane. I know. So that was really like a fun number to see. What do you think it was? Do you think it was your really outstanding podcast? I think it was it was the podcast. I think um, what was I've just like focused a lot more on beauty mm-hmm. versus just outfit posts. I think it got. It got. I think all those like manufactured outfit posts just got a little stale. Like my style is like it's fine. Like I I like fashion. And I love getting dressed, and I do now. I have like my roundup of my weekly outfits. That helped. I think focusing on SEO helped. I hired somebody to help me with like looking at what keywords are trending for like possible blog post research. Um, and then I think Instagram helped because I grew a lot on Instagram. I grew over 30,000 followers. So that was super exciting because the year before I actually like almost lost followers. Like I was like maybe up a thousand followers in one year. (laughs) It was a bad year. But a a lot of people are shrinking. Yeah. I think there's a, there's a trend in social media where people are just following fewer and fewer influencers. So I'm like thrilled to have even been able to grow this year. Yeah. 
That was amazing. Um, it was my best year financially for the blog. I made pretty good money. That was exciting. Um, and I think that again, referring to like a building year, this is something that like makes me actually emotional. Um, it's the first year that I'm going into a new year with guaranteed revenue, like enough revenue that I, I can do this for a year and be okay. That's amazing. Because like I, I, um, a big thing, which I guess, I guess it, it's an accomplishment for 2019 was I had my partnership with Sephora and they actually renewed with me for a whole nother year, um, with more deliverables and more stuff than last year. So that's like incredible. Um, and then I have long-term partnerships right now with Headspace and Chambord, the um, raspberry liqueur. Yum. And um, a few other things. So it's just like so – and and um, this spring I'll be designing a line of dresses with Amazon. So I just feel like everything is actually lined up and it's – because I think – and you can relate to this. As a freelancer, you just do not know. Like – one month can be so great and then you can have no work or like nothing. Yeah, there's a lot of mental stress involved in it. Yes. Outside of the stress of actually doing the work. Yes, there's this like new business development stress that comes with it. Yeah, because there's uncertainty. Exactly. So I'm going into this year just being like, oh, I'm going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're not figuring it out from scratch every month. That's incredible. Exactly. And then working with Duncan, obviously. Your dream brand. Yeah. You need another partnership because – of those earrings that I got you, I really want to see those in a post. Oh, yeah. They'll be in a post. I got Grace, if you missed it. I got Grace miniature Dunkin' Donuts earrings for Christmas, and I just think that they would be a really great accoutrement Yes, in a Dunkin' Donuts sponsored post. But wait, speaking of sponsored posts, we have another ad. Oh, yeah. Not from Dunkin'. Not Imagine Dunkin'. if it was from Dunkin'. <laughs> yes. Thanks, Dunkin', for sponsoring this episode. Your iced coffee is really good. JK. They JK. Um, but we do want to talk about FabFitFun. Okay, so the holidays are over, and I feel like now we're getting into that January blah feeling where you just don't have as many fun things to look forward to. But you know what I think would be a great thing to look forward to is getting your new FabFitFun box. So I love getting mine. The winter box that we got in November was my first time getting it, and it's like getting an amazing birthday present once a quarter. It really is. So right now you can get their winter box, and it is sick. I honestly cannot believe how much stuff is in the box. So my personal favorite was the Frank Body Scrub. It's a coffee scrub, and it's got, like, coconut oil and um, just, like, all of these emollients. It leaves your skin so soft. This time of year, I have to exfoliate my body, like, two or three times a week because I just turn into a full-on lizard. Yeah. My favorite thing was um, the R&Co shampoo and conditioner from their television line. I've been using it for two months now, and I love it. It looks good. Not right now, but – in general. People don't need to know that. Oh. It looked great at the wedding. I have a blowout right now. JK, I don't. Um, but I still can't believe that I got a full-size salon-quality shampoo and conditioner in my box. Like That alone made it worth it. I know. And I think that's one of the things that makes FabFitFun so different from all of the other boxes because you get a full – you get a box full of full-size beauty, fitness, fashion, and home products – Sent to you every season. Yeah, full size, not sample. Yeah, no little vials and things. No, and I also love that you can pick some of your hero products so you're not getting stuck with things that you won't like. So, for example, instead of the shampoo and conditioner, you could have chosen a Jonathan Adler candle or a Rebecca Minkoff beanie and glove set. 
So it's such a good deal. You pay $49.99, but each box is valued at at least $200. And I think that's pretty conservative based on what I got in my in my winter box. I think that the value was much higher than that. But um, if you're interested, make sure you sign up today. The boxes always sell out. Plus, we have an offer for you so you can get $10 off your first box at fabfitfun.com with the code BOP. So again, get $10 off your first box at fabfitfun.com with code BOP. Let's get back to the episode. Well, this is kind of a bummer transition. Now we're having a sad time. What could have been better in 2019? I felt like my personal life just really suffered this year. Yeah, I was noticing that there were no personal life items in your what went well in 2019. Yeah, so work went so well. I'm so like grateful and excited um, and everything is great. And I think that like in some years, that's just the season of your life. Like you can't have everything all at once and you can't be perfect. But I um, – I feel like my personal life suffered. I did not see a lot of my friends very much besides you. I did not um, date much. I feel like I worked myself to the bone. I felt like I was constantly stressed. Um, I would be like, I don't want to travel. And then like I was in Charleston this week and I had a great time. And I was like, oh, no, like I don't want to travel this much for work. Like I want to like have like fun times with my friends. Like when I was in Charleston, I, I, I saw so many people I hadn't seen in so long. And I was like, oh, I haven't been down here because like I've been doing other stuff. Um, at times I felt really, really self-absorbed. Like I just had so much going on in my head about work. Um, and we had this conversation once, like one time, like you were like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm being so, so self-absorbed. I'm like, no, girl, same. Like, I felt like I was like in this bubble of what was going on with me and I was unable to, and then this is fine too. Like this is just seasons of life, but I felt like I wasn't always a good friend. I didn't always ask people what was going on with them because I was just so focused on everything I was doing. And like, I hate that. Um, I, I felt like dating was totally meh. What would happen was I would go on the apps and I'd be like all jazz. And then we'd like go do live shows or like I'd have like a project for Sephora and I'd be in LA and then I'd come back and I would be like, oh no, I'm too tired to even look at that. And then of course they're all married by the time you like log back on. So that's how it works. 90 day fiance. Yes, exactly. So I just feel like I was really inconsistent. I don't like the apps and I feel like I've got to like figure out something else this year because I just, it's, it's too much when you're on your phone for like four hours a day replying to DMs and different things on Instagram. And then I'm supposed to go message men. I feel the same way. I I don't like the experience of the apps and more or less don't do it. And then I'll get sucked into guilty periods where then I I feel like I should be doing it and I'll do it. But it's like half-hearted. Yeah. I'm like really waiting for the next I know, someone- wave of dating or... I don't know. Like we have a friend who quit the apps and I think she's been very proactive about telling everyone in her life that she is like looking to be set up and Mm -hmm. like being open to like random people sliding into her DMs from high school or whatever. And so I think like, I don't know, like I'm just like, oh, wow, got to figure out what else is. Need to figure out out a better solution for that. Our kickball team. Yeah, our kickball team from last time. I just felt like I was constantly stressed and I also feel like my health suffered like not in a way that like oh like I gained all this weight and I feel gross like I feel like that kind of stress like there was one time remember when we were in Olbosch like my heart 
like would I was having like these like palpitations for like a few weeks and I was like I'm gonna go to the doctor if I don't feel better um after this trip to Mexico and then I felt better but um I think I just worked so much and put so much pressure on myself and also traveled so much and I um I read this book called quiet which we'll talk about when we get to the book section of this episode and I've never felt so understood and it really talks about being an introvert and managing your time and that if you um take on too much or you're just stimu- overstimulated like really bad things can happen to your body because you just like this sounds so dramatic like I'm fine guys but I just felt like my health really suffered because I was just always stressed and always working and that's like not like life's too short for that yeah yeah how about you um Okay, so what could have gone better in 2019? So my life was taken over by weddings, and so, I was very happy to celebrate with all of these people, and I love each and every one of them. So it's not that any of it, it's not a scenario that I would have not gone to any of them, but I do feel like my calendar and my travel schedule and my money was taken up by going to a lot of people's weddings. You guys, if I had Becca's travel schedule this year with all these weddings and showers and then our live shows and everything, I would have died. And that's not even, it wasn't even being overwhelmed. It was just that it was hard to schedule other things. Like I, you know, I will talk about travel goals, but you know, there's things that I want to do and I just felt like I couldn't do them from a time and money perspective because I was shuttling around people's weddings, which was great, but I'm, and it's not something I can control either because I don't, I wouldn't have done anything differently, but I'm excited in 2020 to, I think only have one wedding. Yeah. So I have more weddings than you. I'm reclaiming my time. Um, the other thing that I think could have gone better is I didn't feel very passionate about my work. You mentioned that. So I think that I I think there's a couple of things. So one, I think that I like working with people. So I really enjoyed the lifestyle that working for myself has afforded me. I like owning my calendar. I like having more flexibility both on a day-to-day level if I want to go to the grocery store in the middle of the day, but also on a macro level, like if I want to go take a long weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I I like not having a boss. Like I like just – I like the lifestyle, but I didn't feel super fulfilled by a lot of the work that I did. And I think that some of that was because all of the projects I did were really short-term. Mm-hmm. Most of them were three to six months. And every job I've had before this has been – for like three years. So I don't feel like I got to have that same sense of fulfillment where you like build something. It's really kind of a quick in and out. And also with the people, like by three months, you're just building those relationships. Totally. So then you're like, bye. There's not the same consistency of, you know, having people that you're working with who are, you know, partners or people who you're like really excited. Like I've made some of my best friends from, work. So, you know, you don't develop that same kind of camaraderie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think part of that was just that it was my first year and I was taking, I was saying yes to everything. Like if it made vague, se- if it made sense with my skill set, I said yes to it because I was afraid. I was like in a scarcity mentality of I need to make enough money. And so. Of course, that's normal. And, I, and especially in the beginning of the year, I was like, I don't know that I'll be able to find projects this easily in the future. So I, I said yes to almost everything and I wasn't super choosy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll talk more about it in my 2020 resolutions. But yeah, I, I didn't feel super passionate about the work I was doing, which is a change 
because every other job I've had at some point during it, I felt like incredibly passionate about it. Yeah. And so that's been like a big part of my work fire. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Dating wasn't a priority for me this year. And again, I like I don't think I would do anything differently. I I focused on other things and I don't get a lot of joy from being on the dating apps. Like mm-hmm. that experience is not fun for me right now. Totally. Um so yeah, that wasn't great. Um and then I lost my workout routine for a while there. When I moved to Brooklyn, I it it really took me until probably October to really from so I moved in May. And then it really took me until October to kind of like get back into a groove where I had workout classes that I liked and I kind of had a routine here. And I'm still not up to where I was. And it's not about um it's not about my body or changing my body. It's just that I um first of all, it's like the consistency of strength and like being like, oh, I used to be able to do that and I can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's really frustrating. Um and then also just like I think. I'm at my best mentally when I work out three times a week at least. Yeah, same. So I kind of lost that for a little bit in the middle, and I still don't think I'm up to consistently three times a week right now. So yeah, that's like could have been better. Yeah. So those are my things. I mean, I overall feel very positive about 2019. I don't, but I feel really proud of everything I did work-wise. I had a shitty 2018, so I feel like comparatively speaking I feel very good about what I expected out of 2019 and what happened in 2019 yeah I feel better about 2019 than 2018 okay yeah um so do you you typically set resolutions I know I hate calling them resolutions I do too I just say goals I set goals okay yeah and I think intention sounds a little pretentious but I say that too I, I like that, too. I don't like resolutions. Resolutions feels like something you're going to change about yourself where it's like, I'm going to stop doing this or I'm going to start doing this versus... It implies something's wrong. I like to think about things I want to add to my life than things I want to stop doing. Oh, not even that. Like, it, even things that you want to add, like, I feel like a resolution just in, connotes, like, a big swing. Like, you're like, mm-hmm. I'm going to go back to college this year. Or like, <laughs> I'm going to... I don't know. I'm going to lose 100 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so major. Well, wait. What were your resolutions for 2019? I wanted to nurture my creativity. I wanted more balance. Um, didn't really do either of those things. Um, I said I was going to be better about having more time just for me. <laughs> I didn't really do that. I said I wanted to organize my kitchen cabinets, which I did do. Okay. Um, that was positive. I wanted to take a painting class. I did not do that. I wanted to go to at least one new art opening or exhibit per month. I did not do that. I wanted to write more. I did do that. Professionally... I killed all my goals. I wanted to share more personal content. I wanted to spend more time learning email marketing. I wanted to um, continue to grow the blog. I wanted to grow the podcast. I wanted We had our downloads goal to 5X the pod, and we did that. Um, I wanted to do more YouTube content, and I stopped doing that. And I had to stop doing YouTube because of Instagram TV, and also the podcast grew. So I was just like, this can't. I can't have one more channel that I have to maintain. So that was strategic. Um building out my Facebook group. I did that. I wanted to get back to having more fun on Instagram and not worrying about growing. And I did that. And then I actually ended up growing as a result of having more fun on the platform. Physically, I wanted to cook more. I did not do that. I wanted to have a dry January. I broke up with someone and then started drinking because of it. Not not because of it, but I was like having, you know, right. 
breakups trigger a little stress. So yeah. I had a martini and then I was just like, well, screw dry January. Mm. Um, I wanted to work on my posture. I did do that. Um, I wanted to go on two yoga retreats. I did that. Um, I wanted to get a personal trainer. I did not do that. I wanted to walk and move more. I did that. I um, definitely have been really focusing on getting more steps in. I wanted to go to Portugal. I did not do that. Um, I wanted to read at least 50 books. I did that. I read like 86, I want to say. And I wanted to take more baths. I definitely did that. And the last one, I don't, this is funny that I wrote this. I wanted to shave Tyrion into a lion. I did not do that. I hired a groomer to come to the house and he, Tyrion threw a tantrum. So there was no grooming. Well, I'm wondering of the ones that you didn't do, are any of those actually important to you? Like, I know you said you wanted to take a painting class, but like... The big one was look- the balance and the more okay. me time. Those were the things. Like, I was like, I, I, I feel like I say it every year. I'm like, I'm going to have a balanced year. I'm going to stay in more. I'm going to really focus on my mental health. I didn't do that. Yeah. But I think that we also just had a lot of business things come up for the podcast. And like, you just say yes to those. Like, you have to ride a wave. So... Again, it was strategic. Like we were just doing the things. Yeah. What so, about you? Do you make you don't you just put it in your phone? I just put it in my phone. I don't I don't think I have them handy. I don't know what I wanted to do last year. I mean, I think that my I feel like this biggest, was a big curveball year for you. You moved. I, I wasn't planning to move. I mean, I think my biggest thing was um building up my my consulting work, building the podcast and then like recovering from my suck fest of a year that I had in 2018, which like kind of came out of nowhere. And and I think like in a macro sense, I did all of those things. I don't know what I wanted to do more specifically and if I did those things. Yeah. But now I have something to look back on for for 2020 to see if I see if I did the things or not. Totally. Okay, so let's take another quick ad break before we talk about our goals for 2020. So today's episode is brought to you by Care Of. Care Of is the perfect New Year sponsor. So they help you find the right vitamins and supplements for your specific needs. And as we think about goal setting and taking better care of ourselves, vitamins are such an easy way to make a healthy change without a ton of effort. So I like to say Care Of is a great way to set a resolution that you'll actually keep. Totally. So I definitely want to reprioritize my health and get back on track this winter. So I already told you earlier this episode how I over-holidayed and I just feel like I've been off the rails a little bit. So I am really excited to get back out into my workout routine, eat healthy, and just like feel good. And one easy thing I'm adding into my routine is vitamins. Yeah. So I'm such a fan. I've been taking their vitamins for like about a year and a half now. And it's one thing I always prioritize, even if I'm traveling a lot. And mostly that's because they just make it so easy with their daily packs. Yeah, whenever I'm traveling or on the go, I feel like these supplements are backup insurance to make sure that I you know, have something healthy going on in my life. So here's how it works. You go online and you take a five-minute quiz and you answer questions about your diet, lifestyle, and goals. So the questions are like, how much sleep do you get? How often do you work out? Do you follow any specialty diets? Are you concerned about your hair, skin, or nails? It covers everything. And then once you take the quiz, the rest is magic, and they spit out a list of recommended vitamins and supplements. So I really love this part. I always get so overwhelmed by all the options. Like, what do I need for me specifically? So I love that Care of tailors my regimen specifically to my life based on those questions, and then that I can modify my subscription anytime in case anything changes. 
So we already told you how easy it is, but the best part is that they send you a month's worth of daily packs so you can just throw them in your bag in the morning or pack a few if you're traveling and don't want to lug along the whole pill bottle or that big old people pill case. So I was gone for almost two weeks for the holidays and it was just super easy to throw 14 packs into my bag and not think about it. Yeah. And the last thing I'll say is that I really appreciate their attention to quality. So you can see on their site where they source their ingredients and you know you're getting high quality supplements. And they're really focused on the quality, science, and research that goes into each of their products and recommendations, which I really appreciate. So if you're ready to try Care Of, you can take 50% off your first order. Just go to TakeCareOf.com and enter code BOP50 at checkout. Again, that's TakeCareOf.com and use code BOP50. So the main meal. 2020 goals. 2020 goals. Yeah. Lots of goals. Who should go first? You go first. Okay. I feel like a slacker because you have about nine zillion and I have like six. I have a lot, which probably is unrealistic, but some of them are small. Okay. So my biggest one is finding passion in my work. And I want to be realistic about that, that I don't think I need to have 100% passion. I think that having consistency and some things that I'm doing that I'm getting paid well for, but maybe aren't as I'm not as excited about, but are funding the other areas of my life is fine. So I th- I think one thing that's been really illuminating for me is that like I feel very excited about the podcast, and I want to feel that way about other yeah. areas of my work. And yeah. It's also not fair to have all of my eggs in that basket. So I, I want to find something else that I feel similarly excited about. And then if I have kind of like three buckets where it's like the podcast, something else, and then some work that pays, pays well and I don't feel passionate about. That's fine. But I need to find the middle piece. Yeah. So I don't know what that is. Like, I'm not sure how I'm going to do this. I mean, I was with my friend Rachel in LA for Christmas, and we were talking about a project that I could potentially see being something like new and fun and scary and exciting. So I want to know that's I'm not ready to talk about it on the podcast yet, but I can tell you in real life. But yeah. um, that might be something. I'm saying this out loud, and I, I don't want anyone to hold me to this. But like, I've always thought it would be so – I've always wanted to write a book, not mm-hmm. that I have an idea or any writing practice or believe realistically in January that I will start writing a book. <laughs> but – yeah, like it's something and, you know, maybe it's a passion project that isn't even short term money, but it's like something that long term could build into something that's money. I just want to feel like what I'm doing for work is something that I'm excited about two thirds of the way. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think you can totally get there. So that's my biggest one. And it's probably the biggest, scariest one. I think also maybe being more selective about what types of projects I take. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, building up my pipeline so that I don't just say yes to everything that comes along and am able to be more strategic about like what are the projects that I think I will really enjoy and like get, get fulfillment out of. Like one of my favorite projects that I did last year is I worked with past podcast guest Lauren Chan on love helping her. love her on helping to build the marketing strategy for Henning's go to market. And I thought that was really fun because it was building something new and it was um, very collaborative, like with 
her as the founder and I really loved that project. So, you know, maybe thinking about how I'm more thoughtful about what are the types of projects I take on. Or things where you can learn a new skill. Like remember how excited you were about the the TV stuff you were working on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of a it's kind of a circular thing where it's like as a consultant I need to do work that people are willing to pay me for, but like then I want to be passionate about what that work is. So, I think like trying to be thoughtful and like hone in more. Although right now in January, I feel like I'm like ready to take anything that comes my way because I don't feel like I have enough on my plate. Yeah, you're and like I'm just nervous about me. money. Yeah. So I, as I say this, I realize that I'm kind of a hypocrite. Yeah. Ugh. But I mean, that's also a good time to maybe like explore this side project with Rachel because I don't have as much on my plate to see if it that's like, the perfect could time lead to do to anything. It. Yeah. It's hard because it's like, if you ever like have time between a job, you're like not relaxed because you're like, I need to have the next thing. But then when you're at the job, you're like, oh, why didn't I take that time to really enjoy it? Oh my gosh. I always say that as a blogger, I'm always either stressed because I don't have enough work or I'm stressed because I have too much work. Right. I should just, I want to like be better at embracing the slower times. I'm like, oh, I don't have a lot of work. I'm going to lay on the couch today. Yeah. Or plan a trip or something else. Yeah. So that's my biggest one. My second one is that I want to take a quarterly beach slash relaxing vacation. And I realize that this is very, very privileged to say. And I I recognize that even for myself, I wouldn't have been able to do this early in my career. So if you're 25 and you're rolling your eyes, I get it. Yeah. Um, but having a certain amount of financial freedom from making decent money, not having kids, not having student loan debt, like – you it's can something do it. I can't afford. And my mental quality, I, I really realized when we were in Harbor Island in December, even just having been there for six hours. I felt like a different person. I felt transformed. Completely. And I felt like that was so vital to my just, it was so restorative mm-hmm. that I want more of that. Mm-hmm. And I was talking last episode or the episode before that I haven't really figured out how to take substantial time off in my current work situation. So I think, you know, maybe the solve is taking some smaller chunks, but I I take a lot of trips like for example, these weddings that I went to last year, like they're big trips with a lot of people and I want to have room for small trips that are like just one or two people that are like calm and don't have so much running around or like partying or like that feel different. I, cu- I couldn't agree more. So that's my that's my second one. So seeking recommendations for anywhere you can take a direct flight from New York for. Oh, so this is kind of a fun one. So I want to have an adventure day every month. Like I want to take more advantage of working for myself because I think that I had I had a very different picture of how working for myself would be. So um Throughout the year, most of the time I was contracted for anywhere between 20 to 30 hours a week. And so in my head, I thought that would mean that I would be like, okay, I'm going to work four days and take Friday off. And I almost, I mean, I definitely took trips and there were times when I rearranged my schedule. But on the average week, like it would just mean that I worked shorter hours five days a week. Mm -hmm. And like I didn't really, and oftentimes like I would be like, oh, well, I'm like, I need to be around in case like anyone emails me back for these things or like I have things in progress. So like if I had if I didn't have work to do, it would mean that I would like putter around at home and like read my book or like go to the grocery store or like run errands. But I 
I don't feel like I've proactively carved out time. So I just thought it would be really fun to have a day a month where it doesn't even need to be a full day. It could be a half day where I'm like, oh, today I'm not going to work in the morning and I'm going to go to a museum Mm -hmm. or I'm going to go eat at a fancy restaurant for lunch by myself or I'm going to read in Central Park. I Go explore a new neighborhood in Brooklyn. I don't know what the answer is, but um, I want to schedule a part day at least every month where I'm just like taking advantage of working for myself. I think it's really hard to take the whole day off. Something that I had aimed to do that I didn't do, this was an old goal, was to take winter Fridays where every Friday during the winter, I would finish work by two and go to a museum or do like an activity. Um, I didn't do that, but I love the idea of it. I like that. And I don't even need it to be every Friday, just like once a month. Yeah. So I'm going to plan some fun dates with myself. I'm into that. Um. My fourth one is I have a podcast money goal. I don't feel comfortable being super specific, but I want to get the podcast to a certain amount of money that I would feel like good it's worth about all the effort per month that I feel like is commensurate with the effort. Because I also see there's I feel like I'm we're both working really hard at this, but I also see a lot of things where I'm like, oh, I would also like to do X, Y, and Z, where it's like we used to have a newsletter or um like other podcasts have patreons or I, I don't even know what it is but it's like i feel like i need the money to catch up a little before i can invest yeah, more it's, time it's hard to put more time to something that's like half of your time and like five percent of your income that's i think that's too harsh i don't think that it's 50 percent of the time i think on months when we were on tour yes, yes but i think like on average no it's not on so, average no the, the, I, i'm just thinking of the months where we were, where we were traveling yeah so i'd like to get up a little more and then be able to be like, okay, the podcast is the equivalent of having one client. Like I am my own client and I feel comfortable putting in 10 hours a week of work to the podcast versus right now I'm like, well, I'm putting in 10 hours of work a week, but it doesn't pay me as such. Yeah. So that's one. Um, My fifth one is that I want to plan a trip to Southeast Asia and I, I specifically didn't put take a trip because there's I think there's a chance that the trip ends up being in January of 2021. Mm. So which is fine. So it's like t- to have the plane tickets to like plan where I'm going. Yeah. I think the most likely scenarios are either November of 2020 or January of 2021. OK. Um. So I, I guess the backstory I've like alluded to this. I've mentioned this, but I realized we had far fewer listeners. So in 2018, I was supposed to. Grace and I were both supposed to go on this trip to Southeast Asia and Grace was going to come with me for like 10 days of it. And then I was going to go on by myself. And um, this was like after I quit my job, I was like, I'm taking six weeks off and I'm going to go travel and then I'm going to come back to work. And um, basically the same day that we were supposed to leave, my uncle, who's like a father to me, um, had been hospitalized and was really sick. And so instead of going on this trip, I went to Florida home and I stayed there for a month and ultimately he passed away and it was a real shit fest of a summer that then kind of there were other things anyway I really want to take this trip I feel like I'm karmically owed this trip trip. um yeah and I don't know if it's gonna be the same one because I don't think that I can take four weeks off at this point but you know maybe it's a two-week trip and a a shorter itinerary of things but I want to get this in the books I like that for you you need it yeah so planning it Potentially taking it too, but at least getting it mm-hmm. on the calendar. Um, and then I want to 
I want to finish knitting my sweater, which is a very short-term goal. I'm like halfway It looks so good so it. far. I'm really nervous it's not going to fit. So we're going to learn a lot about blocking garments too to figure out if I can make it fit or if not it's gonna be a gift for someone I'm like sizing everyone I know up to be like are you approximately the same size as me but maybe like one size smaller and also shorter um (laughs) we'll see okay but I also want to get more into garment knitting that seems so overwhelming to me like it feels like a tetris puzzle no I'm not going to make my own patterns. I'm going to follow patterns that exist in the universe. But everything has to line up. Okay. That doesn't feel overwhelming to me. But it feels really – I'm just like – I think I would just like end up with one arm that was like so much – despite trying to follow the pattern. One arm would be like three inches longer than the other one. No, that's not my concern. And I think if I did it more – like if I were to go back and re-knit the sweater, I would have a better sense of fit based on – how this first one went. Yeah. But I think my next projects are going to be one of my best friends is pregnant. And so I'm going to switch to baby stuff. I found this pattern for um, like these baby knit overalls and like these baby cardigans. Oh, my God. They're so cute. Oh, so fun. So, yeah, I want to I want to do that. Like, I just want to have a skill that is just for me and that is like relaxing that I'm improving. Yeah. So those are my six that I want to share. I feel like there's definitely other things that I want to improve on, but I don't, I don't know, like aren't priorities. Like if I don't do them at the end of 2020, I won't care that much. Yeah. I think these are great. Yeah. There's also small things that I'm like, I want to try new workouts, but like. We always want that. Yeah. And also like if, if I did that and only that at the end of the year, I wouldn't feel great about how my 2020 went. Yeah. So I tried to just hone in on like what are the what are the major things? I think those are good. Um, what are yours? Okay, so I broke mine into little buckets. So the first bucket was just called general. Um, I just want to have a nice life. Like my mantra for 2020 is calm and cozy. Um, I want to really focus on things like yoga and meditation and cooking more, running. Um, I really want to make sure that I just feel calm versus feeling stretched or stressed. I have a question for you. Yeah. How would you feel in 2020 if you made less money but had more balance? Um, I would I would feel okay about that. Okay. Yeah. I um and I have been saying no to like so many partnerships. Yeah. Cuz that's my question is like what are you willing to give up for that? I think the problem is is that I need more help because it's not an issue of um, less money for me because there's still the content. Like the content needs to be created every day, regardless of whether it's paid or not paid. A lot of the content I create, you know, I'm just as busy in January, even with less brand partnerships, because I want to keep my audience coming back every day for something new. And that's hard. And I think that, you know, this year, one of the big things that happened was I did hire Lauren to help me with the blog. And she's amazing. She helps me with like a lot of the mundane stuff, like resizing images and finding product links. Like I never, I would never feel comfortable having content written by someone else on my site. Like that's just not something I want to do, but I would say that. So it's finding more of those things that can be outsourced to Mm -hmm. other people. So it's not really even about the money because it's, it has to be – there's got to be content up every day regardless of whether I'm getting paid or not. That's just something that – a way that I feel. And maybe down the road I could do, go down to three or four blog posts a month, but I don't feel ready to do that. It feels like you stress more about the paid partnerships though than the organic content. 
I do. And that's why the long-term brand partnerships are so good because you get into a groove with these people and you understand how, like they understand how my blog works and what my readers like to see versus a brand that is like, I don't know, like telling, like trying to micromanage you and shoving all this stuff down your throat, which like is wrong. Like Mm -hmm. I had to, I had to back out of a couple of partnerships over the holidays because the brand was demanding like a reshoot of something that just wasn't something I wanted to post. I was like, I don't, want that in my in my grid I don't want to talk of I don't want to say these talking points in my stories Mm -hmm. so I had to just bow out altogether yeah so I think it's being more selective and again like that was as to earlier goals like more long-term partnerships um things like Sephora like we are now working like we work so well because they understand me and my audience and what my audience likes um and I hope that it'll be the same way with some of these other long-term partnerships yeah um and then I, I I this kind of goes with that, but being better at saying no and recognizing opportunity costs. So it's like, if I do this thing, I might then be too tired to do this other thing that's going to either bring me more joy or be more more financially lucrative. So just thinking about with everything that you say yes to, like there's a cost associated with that. Um, whether that's like events at night and then I'm just like wiped throughout the week. Um, so that's kind of, those are like my two big goals. On the fitness front, I want to run a half marathon. I want to keep going to Orange Theory and yoga because I love those things. On a personal front, I want to be more present. I I felt like this year I was so self-absorbed and so um, just like focused on like everything going on with work that I couldn't always think straight. So that is not a good way to feel. My niece Zoe is like my favorite human and I really like it when I get to see her every week. That's hard with my sister. Like this week I was like, can I visit? And she's like, I don't know. Um, (laughs) But I'm trying and I want to also – Well, she's also getting older and more mobile. So theoretically, like you could also start to pick her up and bring her on an adventure out of the house. I don't think I'm trusted. Oh. They treat me like I'm like this like dumb child that would like destroy their baby. I feel like as she gets older, because she's still only one in a couple of months, I feel like yeah. they'll feel more comfortable. And then like it'll also be good for them because they could get time without the baby. Exactly. And I want to get to Minnesota s- to see my little nephews. Um, I want to be – I want to be more open to that idea of a partner and be less closed off. I feel like, you know, I went through some shit in the past and I feel like I'm very – um in some ways, really emotionally unavailable. And I don't like that. So I want to try and work on that. Um, and again, like be less self-absorbed. I've written self-absorbed like 25 times. Um, Calm, her- cozy, and less self-absorbed. Yes, 2020. 2020. I'm going to make make a, a neon sign for my apartment that says that. Ooh. <laughs> no, if you were looking for a new hobby, you could cross-stitch it. Oh, my God. Yes. Um on the fun front, I want to do more personal travel that's actually just fun. Like, I felt like that trip we took with Katie was such a revelation. Like, I felt like a brand new person after just three nights away. Um, I want more museum days. I want to get more involved with the Whitney. So I um I do work with them. Like, I help them with different things and, like, membership stuff. I'm on the host committee for the, the Whitney Art Party, which is at the end of January. It's so much fun. You better come. Um, so I want to work with them more. Um, I want to paint, like take a class. We've talked about that. When before. she said you better come, she meant me, not you, the yeah, audience. You guys she would love too. it if you come, but I'd she's not threatening you, you. I'm not threatening you guys. I'm threatening Becca. And I'm not threatening. Um, and then I want to make Delta platinum. <laughs> I want to make platinum too. I have a plan. You have a better plan than I do, I think. 
But um, I travel so – I'm going to be in L.A. quite a bit for Sephora. I couldn't say this before because I just was able to announce that I'm working with them again. But I'm going to be in L.A. quite a bit with Sephora, so I think that will help. Um, I'm a man with a plan. I'm making platinum this year, I think. But it's one of those goals that if it doesn't happen, I won't. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. Over it. But it's kind of fun. Like I made gold this year and I was really excited. So now I'm like platinum, diamond, who knows? Diamond's too aggressive. Diamond's super aggressive. I feel like you have to have a lot of paid business class travel to make diamond. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, On the work front, I'm throwing a giant party for my blog at the end of the month. That's something I spent a bit of the break working on. I'm really excited. Um, I have my Sephora partnership, and I just want to, like, knock that out of the park. Um, I'm designing a line of dresses with Amazon, and I'm so excited about this. I'm so excited about this. They're going to be, like, caftan dresses, kind of like the – Amazon nightgown, RIP. I also just want to get out of the weeds. I don't want to spend my time doing like mundane little stuff um, or things that aren't going to make a difference. So I want to be able to focus more big picture. I feel like you didn't say this, but and maybe it's something you feel positive. So I felt like you partway through this year got less stressed about your DMs. Oh, yeah, that was a big one because what happened was they made that thing where they started putting in general and primary. So now I, I, always going to general like at least once a day but I don't I felt like I had to reply to everything even if it was just like a looks cute like I'd be like thanks like now I really only reply if it's a question or someone really needs something and like I feel bad but I think my mental health is a lot better like I can't be in my phone for four hours a day replying to that shit yeah I feel like that was a big yeah and I say that shit like I I I don't I love I love talking to my audience but um it was it was it's just too much when you also have podcast episodes to get up and blog posts to write and photo shoots and events and everything else. I was, it was, you know, four hours a day on that is it's way too much. Um, and then when I would go in, I'd be more in the state of mind where, Oh, this is fun versus feeling like I had to just like get through it. Yeah. Like a chore. Yeah. And that's not a good way to feel. Um, again, this is another big thing is just, focusing on more long-term partnerships with brands versus like the little one-offs. And I really think Kristen, Kristen does my partnerships with me. Um, We've set ourselves up for a good year and more long-term partnerships for the podcast. I want to double our downloads. um, And I hope that leads to more revenue, like you said, but I would like us to be at least 50,000 downloads an episode by this time next year. That feels so big time. That feels so scary. Remember we said that last year, though? I know. Yeah, I think that we can do it. I think you're a bigger dreamer than I am. Um, That feels daunting. It does. Well, I think your revenue goal feels daunting. So I don't know. (laughs) So then I have a couple of random ones. These are just small, stupid ones. I want to figure out a system for my closets. Like I... We've talked about this, but finding a professional who can come in and like install some shelves and and I'm into that. I don't know if California closets are still a thing, but I my closet space is not laid out well, and I could see it being way better laid out. That might be an apartment project for me this year too. Yeah, maybe you'll be the guinea pig. Yeah, so that's a big one. And then also installing this is so dumb, but installing the blackout shades in my bedroom because. It gets so bright sometimes, and I just know that I'll sleep so much better with them, but I just keep procrastinating calling this place. And then I really – this is – if I can figure out this solution – so if you have ideas, please send them to me. Figure out a solution to the goddamn mail. Like the mail is the single biggest source of my stress. Oh, I might have a solution for you (laughs) in the form of somebody – 
pasted like a flyer to our door where it was like your package was almost stolen. There has been a lot of package theft where we live recently. But I think it's a service that like you send all your packages to them and then they bring them to you. Wait, they have that? Because I so when I first moved to Brooklyn, there was this amazing thing called Digital Doorman. So what it was, was I had an address that I gave like all the brands I worked with or like if I ordered something on Shopbop or something, I would just have it all sent to that. And then I could go into this app and select a delivery window of when I was home. So I just get a big delivery like maybe twice a week with everything. I mean, I will tell you that this flyer looked very janky, but I will take a photo of it when I go upstairs oh God, please for do. you. I'm so desperate. Like the mail situation is out of control. I want brands to stop sending things without asking. And I want a solution to the mail because like when I got home from being gone for almost two weeks, I literally had, I want to say like 25 FedEx notifications all slapped to the door. Gerald, our, I'm like on a like a very great relationship with our UPS guy. UPS isn't an issue, but he's like, oh, you're back. I saw all those FedEx notifications. What are they doing? And I put, I set a vacation hold even. Like I went to FedEx. Yeah. I was like, set the vacation hold. All my shit got sent back. Mm. Um, it was so annoying. So um, a solution to the mail, which is, this is such a stupid privileged blogger problem, but it's really stressful to get all of this stuff and feel like, if I'm not home, I like I'm gonna like f- screw something up, and I don't want to feel like I'm like tethered to my apartment during the day. No, it's a bad feeling. Yeah. So we got a lot of doing to do in 2020. We got so much doing. Should we talk about our obsessions, or do we have more to talk about? No, I feel overwhelmed. Let's talk about our obsessions. Okay. Um. Well, my obsession, you guys, is everyone watching you? I haven't watched it yet. So you I w- texted me about it daily while we were on while yeah. we were in San Diego, and I still haven't seen it. But I know from you that it's good. It's so good. I think the second season might be better than the first. Are um, you done? Oh yeah, I finished it. I finished it the day after the wedding. Oh okay. And then my other obsession, and I hate myself for this. I'm going to write a blog post about it. But the Augustinus Botter primer, which is um his collaboration with Victoria Beckham. At first, I hated it because I thought it was a moisture a moisturizer, and I was like, this is not. This is not hydrating enough, but combined with his regular cream, it's divine. So you put it on, it's a primer for your moisturizer or you put it on, it's a primer for your foundation. It's a primer for your foundation or you can just, I'll do that and not wear foundation. Just leaves you like really glowy. Is that what you have on your skin right now? No, that's another obsession. I have this milk skin tint on right now that I just started testing today. Well, your skin looks incredible right now. Thank you. This stuff, I'll show it to you. It's in like, it looks almost like a crayon. You're going to like the packaging. And it has a roller ball and you just like roll the foundation on your face. But it's like a tint. It's nice. I'm interested. Yeah. I'm interested. Well, that that kind of dovetails into mine, which I think you're going to think is stupid, but I has changed I know this my trip. life. I can't believe you weren't doing this already. No, I didn't know this. Okay. okay. So on Helena from Brooklyn Blonde's story, sometime before Christmas, she in a Q&A, gave this tip to mix your foundation with a pump of oil yeah, um, to like give a kind of dewy, lighter look. Yoga skin. Yoga skin. And I've been doing this, and it has like fundamentally changed my makeup routine. Like it's the look that I've been trying to achieve, but like never able to. Okay. Oh, I'm like... Which two products are you mixing together? So I use the Giorgio Armani Luminous Silk Foundation, and yeah. then I have a bottle of um, um, the Youth Dew by May Lindstrom that I'm pretty sure has lost all of its active qualities because oh, yeah. it's, it's kind of old. So at this point, I'm pretty sure it's just oil. So I've been mixing it with a pump of that. What about vintners? Do you ever do that? 
No, because I feel like that has actives where I want it like directly on my skin, okay. not mixed with foundation. I'm, I have a lot of weird chemistry rules that okay. have no basis in reality and I just make up. Yeah. And that could be one of them, but I feel like that I want like on my skin. So here's a little thing that you might like doing. I do a drop of vintners. I do a drop of foundation. And then I also add a drop of liquid highlighter. Oh, do you use the um, Charlotte Tilbury one? Um, that, no. That's another, that's a whole nother look. Oh, okay. That's not part of this routine. I use the Beauty Pie Luminizing Drops. Maybe I'll, maybe I will try that. I am. Or the Flesh Beauty Drops are really good too. Oh, I have the Flesh Beauty Drops. I'll try it with that. I'm super into this. It, it is like changed the game for me i'm so excited for you and it feels like such a stupid thing no but it makes a difference because you're just much more dewy and glowy but you also like have the coverage yes yeah so that is my obsession great what about on instagram okay so mine is this account called shit you should care about and it's kind of a hybrid between a current events account and a meme account so sounds great i yeah i unfollowed most of the meme accounts last year where I was like, this doesn't actually improve my life in any way. And if it's so major, it'll it'll seep into other areas of pop culture. So it is kind of a meme where they have like tweets and like some graphics and pie charts. But then also they have like this morning, they had a, a big series on like the fires in Australia. So it feels like a smarter meme account kind of. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm looking at it now. It's great. Yeah, it's it's out of New Zealand. So I think there's sometimes things that are kind of irrelevant or like local humor that I'm like, I don't get this. Okay. Um, But yeah, I, I really liked it. What is yours? Mine is I'm following like the whole cast of you because it's a new cast now. Like, you know, before we followed. Oh, yeah. All, all the old cast. Yeah. So um, obviously Penn, Amber Childs and Victoria Pedretti. Oh, I don't know who either of the two women are. You're going to love them. Okay. Yeah. I'm excited. Mm -hmm. I saw a really funny meme of um, Penn Badgley uh, seated at a fashion show next next to Taylor Taylor Swift. And they were like, Taylor, you're in danger, girl. I know. I love it. I love it. And we've talked about this, but rewatching Gossip Girl, like now I'm like, oh my God, that creep. Like he's a predator. He's going to kill everyone. Get away from Serena. (laughs) That's so funny. So funny. What about on the reading front? I feel like it's been in chronological time a week and a half since we last recorded and we were both on holiday travel so I, I feel like we both read a lot what did you read I actually didn't read a lot oh okay I was very social and also spent a lot of quality time with my parents so I didn't read as much and also I was reading a nonfiction book and I'm just much slower with mm. nonfiction. so I finished followers by Megan Angelo and that is out I believe at the end of January it's fantastic it's like sci-fi meets like this world of social media it's I couldn't put it down. It was great. I'm reading it next week. I'm excited. And then I read Quiet by Susan Cain. And this is this book about introverts. And um, Carly kept telling me I needed to read it. And I kept putting it off because it's nonfiction. And I was like, I'm oh, I'm going to be bored and blah, 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 blah. I just want to read thrillers and like trash. And um, I read it and I feel like it changed my life. Like I feel like I just felt so understood. And like certain things that I do I or like ways that I feel, it just validated so much of that. Um, I think that if you are an introvert or you're married to an introvert or work with an introvert, it's like a really worthy read. There are certain chapters that you can skip. Like there was a chapter about being a parent to an introvert and I'm just not interested in that. So I skipped that chapter. But the best chapter I think was chapter 10 where they talk about introvert slash extrovert relationships about 
introverts who fake extroverted behavior, which is something I definitely do. And then I end up feeling like sh- like total shit for like a week. And I don't know why. It's because I've been like faking it. Um, I just learned so much and was like, I just felt so seen by the book. It took me a while to get through because it is slower and there's a lot of science in there and like brain chemistry stuff. But this book was incredible. Wow. Yeah. It's a great book. I'm um, so glad. How about you? You read so much. I did. So I read, I started with All Adults Here by Emma Straub, and that's her new book that comes out in May. I cannot wait to read that. And I would describe it as a more woke Gilmore Girls. It's like a multi-generational story about the mom of a family and then her daughter and then her granddaughter, who's not the daughter's daughter. It's one of her son's daughters. Um, And kind of all this drama that they have in their lives in a quirky small town. It was great. Really, really good. Yeah, Highly recommend. It makes me think I'm not going to like it. Well. But I think I will because I love Emma Straub so much. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Um, And then I read One in a Million, which was my treat book by Lindsay Kelk. And this is a British chiclet book that is about a – um woman who uh, works in advertising and makes a bet that she can make anyone Instagram famous in 30 days and then, spoiler, falls in love with the subject of the bet. And it's so cute. Oh, I love that. It was so fun. It was such a great brain candy read. I think it came out in 2018 and it didn't really get any hype, but I really enjoyed it. And like, if you liked One Day in December or if you like like a British rom-com type book, like this is a this is a good one. Yeah. Um, then I read a cor- uh, so I started Sarah J. Moss's other series. So I started you were supposed to wait. No, this was the perfect time. Okay. So I started a Court of Thorns and Roses. So I started it on my flight from San Diego to Boston, and now I'm on book two, and I I can finish the series this weekend, and then it won't interfere with my life because I'm already planning to do nothing this weekend. So I feel like it's the perfect time to get sucked into a book hole. Crazy, mm-hmm. it is so good. Maybe you should read this one because I get that Throne of Glass is seven books. So that's like a big commitment. But this one's only three. Okay. I read the first one. I finished the first one last night. And I would I will say. So first of all, it's really good. A bunch of people DM me to say that they liked A Court of Thorns and Roses better than Throne of Glass as a series. There's more sex. It like starts. It's like a little more adult. Okay. And the second one like starts really strong. And I don't know if that's because I already know and trust the author or it's just like a stronger start, but I didn't feel sucked into Throne of Glass until like book two versus this right away. I was like, oh, I'm into this. Okay. So it's about this girl who it's about like humans and fairies. There's no good way for me to describe this to you. It's like It's like fantasy. It's like alternate universe where fairies basically like rule half of the world and this girl gets taken to the fairy realm because she accidentally kills a fairy and so she gets like taken there oh my god to dole as justice it's great grace i i really by explaining this more it will not entice you more okay but if you like hunger games if you like um the selection like if you like things like that it you will like this i like that and i know and i know that you didn't want to read throne of glass but i i'm gonna bring you down the first book next time i come over okay it's so good i'm nervous it's so good 
And then my last thing that I'll say is um, I've been threatening to do this. I feel like I've mentioned it in like two out of the past three episodes. I'm going to start rereading Big Magic this weekend. And it's really quick to read. So I think I can start and finish it. Yeah, it's a quick one. And I think that could be good with like the work stuff you were talking about. I think so too. I think that might be a January tradition that I start, that I reread it every year. Wow. So Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert is like her treatise on creativity. It is one of the most impactful books I've ever read. Like I think it can solve almost any problem other than like maybe a health problem. Um. So yeah, I'm going to... I'm going to read it and I do hope it helps with my work stuff and just like gives me a renewed sense of like brain power and creativity. I love that. Maybe I'll do that too. Do it. Yeah. We can have a two person book club. Should we make that our February book? I mean, not no. (laughs) (laughs) We're still picking our February book, but that's a good segue. What's our January book? So our January book is Good Girls Lie by J.T. Allison. And this book is a super dark, twisty thriller about a murder at an all-girls prep school. And uh, it had like twist on twist on twist. Did not see any of it coming. I just got the audiobook of it today. Oh, so good. Yeah. So if you'd like to treat yourself to a murder this January, make it this one. I only get like two murder books a year. So this is this is the pick. This is her first half of the year murder. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. So you're going to love it. Join us. We'll talk about it the last Wednesday of the month, which is always our book club. And we'll announce our February and March books once we know them. Um, and in the meantime, if you would like more of us, you can follow me on Instagram at Becca M. Freeman and help me achieve my unspoken 2020 goal of getting swipe up links. Yes. And you can follow me at, at Grace Atwood. And her blog is thestripe.com. Yes. Go there. Okay. Bye. 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 Oh, 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 oh,